So you can wear sloppy clothes. It's all good. Okay. That's uh, so. That's the message. Did I get it right, Tammy? We're good. Got it. Okay. We're we're set. Um, youth rallies was mentioned. That's this week. Um, keep praying for that. There's a lot of kids are pre-registering. Looks like we're gonna have a great crowd this year. And prayers that God just works to transform lives. Uh, this youth rally is is the last thing that happens usually for kids. They're spiritual things before they head back to public school, home school, private school, whatever. And uh, it gives that, that last just great encouragement before they, they go back to uh, to what life is going to be like. And um, I know that at teen camp this last year, there were several kids who were talking about, or this last week, they were talking about how excited they were to be to be here and, and excited that this church, we we take... We put the effort forth to put the youth rally together, and it's a it's a great time. So that's coming up. Lots of ways to serve if you if you're up for it. Uh, there is um, we're going to talk today about pursuing God through singing. Well, this summer we I've taken some time to talk about pursuing God through different ways: through prayer, through fasting, through meditation, through 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 you know, all sorts of different ways. We talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about pursuing God through singing today. And this is in my mind and heart because that's one of the things that happens during the week that I spend at teen camp is there's, there's some tremendous times of singing together. And I imagine all of us have a song that somehow sticks in our mind that is special to us for some reason. And, and it doesn't need to be a spiritual song necessarily, but we'll get back to that. But I remember... Uh, how many of you have songs, like songs that were played at your wedding or something like that, that, that are special to you because of association? I remember there was a song when I, I drew a bighorn sheep tag in 2003, thinking, oh great, where's this going, you know? And so when I would travel from my house to go out and sheep hunt for a few days, usually driving at four in the morning, turn the radio on, keep me awake, and I'd sing along with, with whatever was on. And uh, there was a, a song that, for whatever reason, kept coming on as I was going back and forth during this particular hunting season over a period of three weeks or something like that. And this song just kept coming on over and over again. And um, the um, social philosophers, uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, if you're familiar who they are, the song Ramble On just kept coming. I'm thinking, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to go up in the mountains and I'm going to ramble around and I'm going to try to find this sheep. That's what I'm doing. And that song, whenever that song comes on, I think back to 2003 and that sheep hunt, just kind of a funny memory that I've got. But there's all sorts of memories that maybe, like I said, from weddings or from funerals or where we're in a place spiritually where a song hits our heart and it changes us at that moment. And I know that that happens during the week at teen camp. We sing several times throughout the day, but in the evening, for usually about 45 minutes, we sit around the campfire and we sing. And those times are rich. And whenever we go back and, and ask the kids afterwards, what impacted you during this week? That is always something that comes up. There's all sorts of different things that come up, lessons, to activities, whatever. But one of the things that comes up over and over again is that singing time that happens during that week and how it changes our lives because we're in a context where it just it, it moves us. There is a, a concept, and we'll come back to singing here in a bit, but there's a concept that I want us to walk through, that when we come in contact with God, when we experience God, He changes us and leads us into action. Look at Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to see an example of this here. Isaiah chapter 6. And this is... 
Isaiah's words here as he shares. And he's a prophet in the Old Testament. And he says, In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So he gets this vision where the, God is sitting up there in his throne room and, his, and, and right above the temple, and it's impactful for him. Above him, and try to put yourself in this situation, try to see, see this. Above him were seraphim, each had six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they called to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. See, he comes in contact with God, and it convicts him. It changes him, because he has this experience, and, and he thinks, oh, no. I know how bad I am and I know how bad our people are and here I am face to face with God. This is not going to go well for me. Verse 6, it says, Then one of the seraphim, which is one of the angels, flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with a tong from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go with for us. And I said, here I am, send me. The famous words of Isaiah. Here I am, send me, I will go. Because Isaiah had this vision. He had this connection with God. He experienced God. He was convicted by it. It changed him. And he said, I will do what you ask. And from here on, I'm going to produce action. I'm going to go do your work. And Isaiah has this ministry where he is in and out of king's presence. And he outlasts several kings. And he shares the message of God through, through that God gives him through any, anyone who would listen, from people who are poor to, to great kings. And he gave his life to that. And this experience right here changed him. Let's look at another one. You see the pattern? We'll see it again here. Go to John chapter 4. And there's a whole lot more of them that you can see once you see this pattern. You see this in Scripture. John chapter 4. We see that Jesus is traveling and he goes through Samaria and he sits down at a well and the Samaritan woman comes out and they start talking. And you, know, you may know the story and how it goes. And so Jesus, had, there's several things that are strange here about this story, is that Jesus, being a Jewish male, would not, by tradition, talk to Samaritans, talk to women, and definitely not someone who is his immoral as she is. But Jesus has this conversation with her. And they're going back and forth, and, and she's trying to understand what he's saying, and, and he's leading her along spiritually to help her understand who he is. And we're just going to look at a little piece of this here. In verse 23... It says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. This is in reference to, they're sitting at the base of Mount Gerizim there and the Samaritans had built a temple up there and then the Jews came and destroyed it. And there was nothing up there at that point in time. But she points up and says, This is where we worship, but you Jews say we should worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus answers that question, but he says, really, the answer to that question is immaterial because a time's coming when God's people are going to worship in spirit and truth, and that's what God is looking for. And so this woman has this experience with God, face to face there. 
Her heart is changed. She's convicted. And you know, if you read the rest of the story, what she does is she runs back to town. She tells the people, you're someone that told me everything I ever did. You've got to come and see this guy. You've got to come listen to what he has to say. And as Jesus' disciples come back, he's standing. You can imagine him standing there. And his disciples are saying, why are you talking to this woman? This is weird. You know, what's going on here? And there's people coming out from this town. And Jesus, through the fields, and Jesus says, the fields are white for harvest. Look at this. Look at this. And this woman, because she had this experience with God, and Jesus told her, I'm the one you're waiting for. It changed her, and she was, uh, was called to action to do God's work. And a lot of people came to, to Jesus and heard his message because of her that day. You see the message there? And I chose the, this story. We could have chosen Paul. because Paul has a great experience. He's convicted, and it, it leads him to action. We see that with Peter. When Peter's in the boat with Jesus, and Jesus, they have this huge catch of fish, and Peter says, no, okay, wait a minute here. Get away from me. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus says, no, no, no. From now on, you're going to catch people. You're going to catch a lot more than fish. You're going to do something great. You're going to, you're going to fish for people's souls. And so when we have these experiences with God, it leads to a conviction, and then we do something about it. There's action that follows. And in this particular case, I, just, I always think about this, this phrase, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And Jesus must be speaking about the times when people come together we as people, because we worship when we're outside the building, we worship when we're together, we worship all of our life as a worship, okay? And you see those terms used throughout Scripture, and especially for us as, as part of the New Kingdom, is, is we're constantly worshiping whatever we do. That's what we're called to do. And so when we come together, there's some things that, that happen, that like taking the Lord's Supper, like sharing the, the Scripture, like singing that we see. Let's look at another example here. Let's go to... Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Go ahead and fast forward there. Colossians chapter 3. Starting in in, um, verse 15. And this is similar to what Kyle read here just a minute ago. He says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And so when we sing together, what you see is what Paul is calling us to, is that when we sing to each other, we teach each other, we encourage each other, so we help each other experience God, which brings conviction. And then he said, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. And so what singing is supposed to do for us when we sing together is supposed to give us just some sort of experience with God, give us a conviction, and then prompt us to action that we that should change our lives to be someone that is different. Okay, with that in mind... I want to look at a couple of video clips. We're going to, we're going to try to put some technology to work here. We'll see um, how, this, how this goes. And so I'll tell you, there's two video clips. I'll tell you the first one we're going to look at. How many of you know the story of Sergeant York? You're familiar with it, okay? Sergeant York is an interesting story. And the movie that was made that's famous, if you, you can buy it from Amazon or, or whatever. But Sergeant York was, was a man, what he's known for is someone who had to wrestle with his conscience going into World War I. Was he going to serve in the military? Was he not going to serve in the military? He decided to serve, and he ended up saving 
a whole bunch of lives because he was in the right place at the right time and he acted courageously. The other part of the story with Sergeant York is, and what you'll see here, is Sergeant York is, grew up in the Churches of Christ. And he was played by Gary Cooper. He's a Montana boy that was an actor. But um, Sergeant York, because after the Civil War, we became a people that across the board were pacifists because of, of how terrible the Civil War was, and, and we as a people just did not enlist in the military for, for a long time, for several generations, because of, of what happened. And so what ha- when World War I happens, there's some discussion. Okay, hang on for just a second. That's it. That's good. Can you pause it for just a second? Awesome. You guys rock. Okay. Now, hopefully we can get the sound here. But what we're going to see here is this is the part of the movie where Sergeant York is trying to wrestle with his conscience and saying, can I serve God... In, in a way that is, that is not the way that I would have anticipated that I would. And, and what he does is he walks into a church building, and what I, there's some things that you're going to see here that are different. But this is considered good history from, say, 1915, 1914, of what an assembly within the Church of Christ would look like, at least at times. Okay? So what you're going to see here is this movie was made in 1941, I believe. Right, yeah, right at the beginning of, of World War II. And so... Go ahead and hope we can give this a shot. Okay, there's a bunch of things in there you might think. Wait a minute. All the ladies are wearing hats and the guys and the girls are separated on different sides of the assembly. Those are other things, you know, that, that, that we can talk about another time. But what thing I want us to notice from this, you have to look at that and think, those people sang with heart. You see it? You see that there? Is they, they clapped, they had their whole body, and when he came in, and part of the, the, the point of the movie here is he's coming in in part of him giving his life back to Christ because he was drinking, he was you know, being loud and carousing, and they were trying to bring all his, his family was trying to save his soul and bring him back. And so when he comes in, you see the response that they have to him. Now, you think about that is, that is a, 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 I like that clip for a lot of reasons. 
because it shows that that we as a people, wherever we are, whatever situation, whether you're in a, in a poor place in Tennessee where you can see you know, we were not a wealthy people at that point in time at all, but uh, there is a singing and there's a singing with heart because good stuff is happening and God is, is good. And uh, it's an offering that those people are bringing because of, because of the, great, the great mercy of God. Do you see it? You, know, you see what I'm talking about there? It's tremendous. Okay, let's look at another video clip. This is one that is, that is just filmed here recently. And there's someone you're gonna, you'll, um, you'll get to know in this. When the, the camera screens across the front, there's a young man with blonde head, blonde hair, shaved head, and um, that is a guy named Luke Barnett. Uh, October 6th and 7th, he's going to come and do a, a worship workshop here with us and do some song leader training and do some training about, about singing just with us as a group. And he has been uh, teaching with, um, at, a, at a, a, a seminar that happens, a song leading or worship leader seminar in Tennessee for years. And he's just over 30, 31, something like that. But he's, uh, you'll see him, and that is my cousin that is standing next to him. He's married to my cousin. So that's, uh, you'll get to know him from this video. Go ahead and play this. You see that there. Um, how many of you are moved by that? I am when I hear that one. Um, that song moves me because there is a. It's very different than what we saw from the the, the 1915 you know, assembly that was there. And you look at the Psalms. There's Psalms of, of praise and, and joy and excitement, and there's Psalms that are uh, what they call lament Psalms. Psalms that that are more sober. That that it's it's reflective. And leading us back to what God wants us to be. But you see in both of those, those films, both of those little clips, what I appreciate so much is you look at those and you see very clearly these people care what they're singing about and it matters. And this is something that they believe that they're offering to God, they're bringing to God because this is so vitally important. 
And so for us, we'll... Um, Thanks, Kyle. You guys rocked. The tech crew, you guys rocked it. We pulled it. You guys pulled it off. Well done. Here's a, for us, experiencing God through song for us. Let's think about this and talk about a few things here. Okay? There is, um, there's a, a spectrum. Okay? We can go to, to extremes on either side. And I think about on, on one side here, and we can go to ex- an extreme, which is common in our society, in places that say, worship needs to make me feel good. Mm, it can, but doesn't that sound a whole lot like going out for dinner needs to make me feel good? My new bicycle needs to make me feel good. Now what it is, is, is we're just plugging Christianity into, I want to feel good, I want to be satisfied, I want this to take care of me. And so worship, whether it is good or not, is judged completely and totally by me and whether I like it or not. Okay? Do you see the problem there? It's subtle. It's subtle, but it but it's a real problem that it leads us to. Okay, then on the other side, we can go the other extreme, if you look think about it as a teeter totter, and where we sing words and our heart is somewhere far, far away. And we're can be afraid of emotion or anything else that, that might stir us and change us. And and there's sometimes that there was, I heard someone made a comment once in, a, in a, another place in the galaxy far, far away, you know, leading up to the youth rally. Our theme is going to be Soul Wars, so there it is. He said, I feel like there's some Stoic Norwegians got a hold of our assembly somewhere. Okay? Now, I can say that. I grew up with Stoic Norwegians from Libya. I know exactly what they mean by that. Right? That's, and that's, it's just kind of a funny way of saying, is where's the emotion? Where's the heart? Where did it go? And somewhere in the middle, <coughs> what God calls us to be is when we come and we worship him, is that we bring our voices in song and everything that we sing is an offering to God. And we know that when we sing to each other, the promise of God that we see is that when we sing to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, we sing from the heart, then that changes us, it convicts us, and it prompts us to action in ways that nothing else does. Song can do that for us. And when we're convicted, we change, whether it be songs of mourning or songs of joy, we bring all that. That is this offering that we give up to God. And because we come to God that way, He changes us. Now, a couple of things to think about in this is I know that when I've... Something that happens, and every year I hear this when I'm at teen camp, one of the kids says, I wish when I would go back home to my home community that we would sing with heart. Okay, one thing to think about there, is when you get a bunch of people that are young people that are like-minded and put them together. And, and by the way, there were several kids that were there this year that were not from our fellowship. And I said, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. These people are real. You know, last night I talked with a young man that was there, and he said, I've always been, I've been one that tries to follow Christ, but I've never, I've never seen this before. These people together, this is tremendous, this tremendous time. And so when you put a bunch of like-minded people together, there's some spiritual high that happens that, that just is not reproducible day in, day out in our, our, the nuts and bolts of, of our lives. Okay, And so that's understandable. But at the same time, I think when we hear that, it's probably important for us to think and be convicted. Is Am I worshiping in such a way that the younger generation looks at me and says, I don't think I want a part of that? Because what that means is maybe when I'm coming to God, I'm not giving my all. When I'm coming to God, I'm not, give, I'm not singing with heart. I'm not singing with, with, with the truth that, of conviction that this really matters. And, and maybe I'm slipping one of these sides 
and and missing out on on what God is God is doing here. Um, I think that's something just to consider for all of us. Is whatever age we are, whatever our situation is, when we come to God, is we come and give Him our best. Because maybe one of the worst things that we can do is when we have um, now there, and there's always. Now, guests in our assembly, and, and you're welcome. I'm thrilled to have you here. And uh, our prayer is that you you'd love to become part of this, this faith community here. Tremendous people, I can tell you that. Uh, being here two and a half years, tremendous, sincere people that are transformed. But what I would hate for any of anyone ever to hear, including ourselves or our kids, is assemblies where we come together and we do not sing with heart. You know what I mean? And we miss it. Because that is one thing that, that there's, our religious world tries to, to manufacture singing with heart in all sorts of different ways. But when it's just us singing, you can't manufacture it. It's real or it's not. And I think that's a probably good thing for, for me to think about, good thing for all of us to think about. And how does that convict us and how should that change us to be, uh, to, to sing and worship with heart whenever we come together? Here's a couple of things as well that, um, I think was, are helpful for, for me, is when we come together and, and worship together. Um, I'm going to speak to all of us to start with, okay? There is, uh, years ago when I was in college, one of my professors um, said something to the class that it didn't have anything to do with the class, and it's one of those things that he, he probably know, has no idea what type of impact it had. And I have sometimes followed it, then not for a long time, and then started again. Uh, but one of the things he said is, is that with his family, they start on Saturday evening and they start preparing to come into God's presence to worship with his people on Sunday morning. And he says part of what we do in order to prepare to worship God is we have, and you can go online now, it's really easy. Go to YouTube, type in Praise and Harmony, and what you'll see is lists of 50-plus songs come up. You hit play and it goes. And what I've done, what he, what he said is, I, our family, we, we listened to tapes and CDs back in those days of worship songs that helped me think about the things that are most important. And I get my heart going on Saturday evening. We wake up on Sunday and we continue to listen. And that changes us when we come into the assembly of God's people. I find that my attitude is different and my attitude is changed when I approach God, preparing to meet him in this context. And, and that is something I know this morning, I got up this morning early and, and was, um, was looking over the notes and praying, and I just put on this praise and harmony and started listening. And it touches my soul and it changes me, and when I come, I'm a different person when we come together. And I think about that, if all of us are deliberate about saying, not saying, well, I'm going to show up and kind of see what happens, but I have a personal responsibility of preparing to meet God in the context of worship this morning with his community, and I'm going to come ready, and I'm going to come ready to, to be, to give my best to God. Um, I think that's helpful. For me, that's really helpful to approach God that way. Now, let me talk to the song leaders here for just a second. I told Cody beforehand, I said, Cody, it's on, man. You're in the hot seat because you're going to talk about singing and you're leading song today. Poor guy, you know, he, he, he's great, fantastic. Um, there is 
August 6th and 7th, like I mentioned, Luke Barnett's going to come and, and share some, some song-leading training and, and some, uh, for us as Christians, how do we approach God and how do we prepare to pro- approach God on Sunday morning. And one of the things that there's, with song leaders, and hopefully there's more and more will will come to the table and be courageous and, and doing that and learning to do that in the next years. But you've got a great job. You've got a, a huge job with a lot of responsibility, and my prayers are with you guys. Because what you bring to the table is bringing us, helping us to come into uh, that, that presence of God where our hearts are touched and changed. And, and one thing I've noticed, and I, I am not, you know, there, I've told you before, I can lead songs, but it pretty much terrifies me. Not pretty much, it is. That is. And so whenever we have a singing night on the fifth Sundays, I will always lead a song because I know I need to. It's good for me, and I have to walk through it, and, and I have to stretch and, and grow in that. But there is, a, there's all sorts of nuts and bolts to it that I don't know. But one thing I do know that I appreciate that I see is when a song leader gets up, and there's a situation where there's where fewer words is better, and just leads and starts and leads us into the presence of God uh, without preaching. <laughs> That's my job, I guess. I don't know. But you know what I mean? It's just one song to the next, to the next, to the next, and leads us into the presence of God. And uh, our hearts are are changed and and moved in that. Um, And so I appreciate you very much. Keep up the good work and keep leading us into the presence of God. For the rest of us on any given Sunday that are here, that are not leading, something we can do is pray for the worship leaders and and pray that they can... um, that God can work through them. But all of us, no matter what's happening, no matter if a person has a lot of experience or a person is brand new, that every one of us not approach worship with, oh, I don't like this song, or I do like this song, or that song's too fast, this song's too slow. But whatever comes to the table, we bring our best and we, we lay it out. You know what I mean? Because that's what we're doing. That's what we're offering to God. Is God's command and His instruction for us is to sing with your heart. And when we bring that to the table, it doesn't matter what's happening up here or back there or anywhere else. Is that we can sing into the presence of God that convicts us, and we walk out this door deciding, "I am going to be different. I'm going to be changed." And that's what song is, is supposed to do: is lead us into action. And so that's my prayer for all of us: is that that songs continue to lead us into action in his kingdom. I can think of a few different times, whether it be at teen camp or other times in life, where I've been in assembly and, and I've been sitting there and there's something that's wor- working in my heart and I just can't seem to forgive or I can't seem to let something, or you know, something's going on. And there's a song that comes up and I have to say words that I may not really want to say or I may struggle getting those out but it's exactly what I need to say. And God is using that to transform me. And if I sit there and get critical about, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that at all, I miss all of it. And believe me, I've got my fair share of that. And hopefully today, what we can understand is that pursuing God through song can really change us as people. But it's not something that, that we sit here and we're spectators and the song leader better do a good job. Or I'm, you know, But all of us bring something to the table. And what we bring to the table... God uses that in order to change and transform us to do his work. Our prayer is that from, uh, as we continue um, being the people of God, that God continues to change and transform us through song. If you'd like to become a Christian or you'd like prayers of the church, head to the back. The elders are there waiting for you. Let's stand.